Hi, uh, my name is Joan Stanford, and I have just written the book, uh, The Art of Play, Ignite Your Imagination to Unlock Insight, Healing, and Joy. And I'm really happy today to be speaking with Teresa Meads. And um, thanks for, for the call, Teresa. Can you tell us something about your books? Hi, Joan. Um, my name's Theresa Meads, as you just said, and, and I'm really happy to be talking with you, Joan. And um, I'm, I wrote Nobody in Moth Song, and um, that's what I'm going to be talking about. Um, but I also would really like to say I, I loved reading your book, Joan. Um, I found it really sensitive and intuitive and personal and wise and guiding. And um, it was such it was such a gift to read. It's so so rich with color and and heart. It was lovely. Oh, thank you. Well, um, ditto for you. I've I've only read Moss Song so far, but I thought it was just extremely creative the way you wove the I guess it's three voices plus the lamp of art. And maybe we can talk a little bit about that. But I love that phrase, the lamp of art, and how you know, shining light through creative process onto the darker places in ourselves or around in the, in the world, um, how, how rich that is. And, and I, the only comment I would have about your book um, was a wish on my part that it was in color because the art pieces were just fascinating to me and the textures, and you discussed the colors, and... I was imagining them, but um, I was actually wondering if they're up anywhere, if you have a website with some of those art pieces. Yeah, that's, that's a really good question, actually, and thank you for wanting to see the colour of the, the paintings. Um, I, I do, I'm in the middle of setting up my website, and, uh-huh. um, and I'm planning on putting some of the images up there. I'm also um, doing prints of the images and I'll have a limited edition of the prints. I don't know about you, but as a visual artist um, who works in, you know, in a very personal mode, as in, you know, in autobiography, I, I, I still have yet to um, negotiate the idea of exhibiting and selling my artwork. I don't know if I will sell any of the originals. Um, it seems like right. something. Oh, I can understand that because it was so integrated, in, in, integrated with your process of sharing your story and, um, you know, conveying the different aspects of your healing and, and delving into, you know, the abuse, the childhood abuse and the adult, the adult coming out of all of that and then flowering in such a magnificent way. And I loved in the, I guess it was in the Lamp of Art sections where you had the thread, the, the red thread, and how that was so enticing. And it, it led me, you know, it led me forward to read more always. And, uh, you know, it was like crumbs in Hansel and Gretel or something. I, I felt that red thread was so important. Thank you. And also, you know, the Ariadne's thread leading you out of the labyrinth so I guess you know we all have our our methods of process and you know writing both Nobody and Moth Song because Nobody was um the the first book I wrote and Moth Song was a sequel and 
um, I really felt like I was descending into the labyrinth of myself and um, I found that I really needed a thread to guide myself back out every time yeah. I descended. And, um, yeah, so I'm really grateful to hear that you you found that thread um, led you along in, in the story. And um, I was just wanting to share that quote by Nabokov that... Um, you know, like, have you read um, Nabokov's memoir, the um, Speak, Memory, Speak? I don't think so, no. Uh, it's like, it, it really, like, I read it quite a few years ago now, and that it just really struck me when he said, and I'll just share this quote with you, it's in the book, but um, where he says, neither in environment nor heredity can I find the exact instrument that fashioned me the anonymous roller that pressed upon my life a certain intricate watermark whose unique design becomes visible when the lamp of art is made to shine through life's fool's cap. Yeah. And it just, it's, you know, I kind of like through the three years of pondering that, I kind of realised that he was talking more about not only the light of art shining through the self and you know using the lamp of art to to discover yourself but also to 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 become aware of a greater sense of everything i guess the cosmos or a higher being or a higher self or because that's really present when you when you ponder that um what he's saying and i think that if you look into yourself with art you know, especially like I noticed with you, like, you know, there's a real, you know, I've, I've, I've listed so much that I resonate with in your book that, um, that we kind of, we, we both share and there's, you know, focus on the inner child and mirrors and synchronicity and transformation. And the moth. And I, for me, it was the butterfly and yours was the moth. And I loved <laughs> the moth being, you know, the night flyer. And the butterfly being in the sun, and there was this, um, but both of them having the the journey, you know, through the different stages, and both of them, you know, having to let parts of themselves die and go through death and rebirth to emerge with wings, you know. And I I loved that. I thought, oh, we're kindred spirits here. <laughs> when I, and I love the title, the moth song, and and the moth singing, um, because of course when you're healing. Um, you you are the voice, you know, to have to find your voice and to express, and then to share that expression, and to have it be a song. It just felt so full and and rich. Again, I just keep using the writing is so very um, compelling in terms of you know going through the painful processes that you went through the experiences when someone wasn't there for you or or uh, you know mistreated you i'm thinking right now of um you know a time when you needed someone to care for you after a surgery you know a surgical procedure i don't know if you want to talk about that on the phone but um I'm a, and I'm you had to take the bus and and that just you know i had this huge ache reading that part um, just to come out of something so devastating and invasive and hard and then just have no one there to comfort and nurture you, um, which, you know, that's what you're dealing with in, in coming out. But how you were able to restore your sense through the art and, and through your own um, 
obviously reserves of um, wonderful insight um, and being able to see beyond the immediate thing, you know, that was happening. You you must have had, I I felt like, and you kind of addressed this in the book, but I, I felt like you had a guardian angel. There really was something, you know, around you, protecting you from losing it completely. You, yeah, I think, you know, um, well, I was, you know, I think I, I wrote about it in Mossong, but I'm, I'm going to be exploring it more in my next book, but this deep sense of um, being connected to something sacred and, um, you know, like I, I was raised as a Pentecostal Christian. Yes. And that... Um, it gave me um, a connection to something that was beyond myself, you know. Uh, I, I became aware of something beyond the fabric of, you know, physical reality. And and it was it was very important for me. And then through the years, I had to do, I had to actually do a lot of work on myself to not see everything in black and white and, and um, binaries because that was, that was a lot of what, I was uh, experiencing in the particular churches that I was in, yeah. and when um, when I I came through that and started discovering, you know, I, I really threw myself into learning about um, all the religions of the world and all the different spiritual practices I could understand, and I found, you know, a really deep commonality with connecting with something that was, you know, universal and, you know, ongoing. And you know, um, you know this 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 greater self. But I think that we also have it within us. And if you sit long enough and listen um, and and open up to it, you you find this this something greater that you know that is you. It's not you know. It's just it's something deeper. It's for me. It's a deep river that runs and it speaks to me and. And it guides me, and I feel, you know, maybe I had um, ancestresses that, you know, have been there guiding me as well and stopping me, you know, from falling off the rails. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I feel like it's a, a community of, of, you know, energy or spirits or, you know, angels or, or whatever, you know, might you might call it. Um, for me, it's goddesses. I, I feel like I'm surrounded by so many different goddesses who are embodied and also in, present in everything else and yeah that's yeah if that makes and, sense and and you you really got to the sacred feminine too which must have been you know very powerful to to heal the wounding of your of your you know feminine your 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 the fact that you were a, a young girl and you were violated and and not um honored your body wasn't honored and then to find the sacred feminine um, in mythology and in all the different things you were exploring must have been a tremendous healing for you. The sacred feminine is, um, I, I guess, you know, especially like going back to Christianity, um, <clears throat> well, I, I had um, a deep understanding of the sacred masculine and, um, and how beautiful and profound that can be. And... Um, I realized as a feminist um, about seven years ago that um, as a as a spiritual person that um, I wasn't a feminist as a spiritual person and because every time I pictured um, the greatest energy or spirit 
um, you know, that I could. It was a masculine energy and I realized that I needed to balance it out with spending a lot of time with the sacred feminine. So that was a conscious choice, but also in my journey in the labyrinth, I, I started um, encountering the sacred feminine again and again, and I realized that it had always been there with Mary and um, Kuan Yin and, and just, you know, these different goddesses that embodied qualities for me. Um, and and for, for my, you know, I'm still working through that, you know, what I appreciated with um, your journey is that you've really, um, you know, really committed to embodiment and that's something that I still, I'm, I still need to find, you know, there's, it's, it's kind of <clears throat> with, uh, um, with this kind of journey and I'm sure you, you, you understand, um, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, it's, it's unfinished and also, you know, there's kind of a misunderstanding um, in, in pockets of the world that, you know, you, you do something, you get better. You're like, you, 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 do, you, you, you engage in a treatment and you get better. And the thing is, for me, when I started really consciously working on healing um, and writing about it and making art, I had this great big knot of threads in a big ball and I found that when I pulled one thread it was knotted with other threads and yep. so I had to just really work on unraveling you know threads at a time and seeing what they were connected to and you know I feel like you know um, a lot of them are really loose now and some of them are you know straight and clear and turned into artworks but there's others that you know they're waiting and they're pulsing and they're visceral and they they need me to spend time with them and that's a lot to do with um you know the sacred feminine and embodiment for me and i love in your book where you you made a shrine to foot um i love your shrine to foot it's so I'm powerful sorry, but with the shrine oh, to what shrine to foot it's your foot. oh yes yes and, that was really important for me. Mm -hmm. Tell me about that. Like, well, can you talk about that? Because part of my process was um, owning my own uh, ability to to uh, make decisions, to act. I think I was I was sort of enveloped by my life here as an innkeeper and as a wife and a mother, and I was not aware in the time at the time how much I needed space and um, just my own, my own sense of self, because I'd sort of merged into everything else. And so mine was separating back out and then finding a way to get back as a part of the whole, and, and not just the whole of, of my life, but as you're speaking, the, you know, my place in the universe, if you like, and being connected to the big story unfolding. But the, the foot, I mean, a lot of it was, you know, mental. And um, as I, you know, and I think I said in the book, I, I started, like, looking for things as signs. And I would pick up feathers and, you know, think this was a special sign. But what I really got as I did more of the work was what I really needed was feet. I needed to walk my, my, um, my knowing and own my own sense of power um, to act, to, to impact my, my life rather than feel so stuck. I just had this sense of being so stuck. And so the feet and the shrine to foot was fun. I mean, a lot of what I did had, has, have, has almost a, 
whimsical element to it or something that make i mean i'm right now thinking of yours and and uh, the layering and the and the mesh and the uh, you know really complex work some of mine were so simple and that shrine to foot was just a plaster cast of my foot but then I wanted to really honor it, and so I treated it like it was, you know, a religious icon and put, you know, the flower petals around and little little uh, paper parasols and, and made it this, you know, a real, a real shrine because it was, um, it was very important to really get that it wasn't going to be anyone else that was going to take me out of my stuckness. Um, yes. Or if someone did, that wouldn't be wouldn't be what I needed. And I think it was just I don't know. It, it was a lot. As I say, it was a bit of a joke at the beginning. But as you say in your book, when you sit with things, and you you mentioned one time having you know a finished piece up for months, or maybe it wasn't completely finished. You might have still added to it, but you would stay with it for months. Um, and I think that was part of my process. I would make something thinking, oh, this is fun. And then I would spend time with it and let it tell me more about what it was all about. Or I allowed myself to, to get information just from another aspect of it or another part of myself. And that was what was really healing to me, was spending time and, and listening, deeply listening. And that mm-hmm. allowed... Um, you know, awakening of, I guess, my feminine, my sacred feminine, and my ability to uh, orient myself in a more positive way with my life because I really didn't want to be tight-fisted and resentful and just going through my my life. Even though I wasn't, you know, dealing with the kinds of issues you were, I wasn't in a good space mentally at all with how I was living. Um, I think I kept wishing that I could do something differently. And that allowed me to move from wishing to, uh, I mean, that kind of work that I did. But the foot, it, it, the foot in particular, was like, this is your foot, you know, move it, girl. <laughs> you know, do it. <laughs> Just do <I'm>, it. <laughs> so I should have put gonna, a Nike wish on it, I guess. <laughs> it's great. I'm going to give it a go, but I'm thinking about doing my whole body so that yes. I can be present in my body it kind of seems it's so strange because it seems like if I made a shrine to my whole self (laughs) I'd feel like I'm placing myself as a goddess and and I think that whenever I feel that kind of when I balk at something I think that there's a message and something to be learnt in it um in the process of doing it so I think I will give it a go and um (laughs) just you know that real focus of embodiment and um, and I love what you're saying about dialoguing with your art. And I, I was quite fascinated, actually, with um, what you did with um, allowing your images to dialogue with each other as well. And, yeah. um, and that's really fascinating because, um, like, I haven't done that. I don't – well, I have in a way with my, my writing and my visual art, and I see them both as – artworks you know and and letting them dialogue with each other and myself but I haven't had my my actual visual artworks dialogue with each other and and that's what brought you to that was that your training as a as an art therapist yeah Yeah, that that is an art therapy technique where you you know the 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 
emphasis is on the process, but once you have something created, obviously it's, it's on the outside now and you can have a relationship with it. So the idea is that if you, if you dialogue with it, and one of the things they recommend is, you know, if you're writing down the conversation, to use the non-dominant hand so it's less the, the controlling side of your brain. And, um, and it is very, it's a very powerful process. I mean, I, I've done it with many people, and it, it's always surprising to people what, what comes through in, in, the, in the dialoguing. And even just having to say, who are you, to ask a, a part of an image, who are you, and then it says, uh, well, you know, we say something to ourselves. I guess we have to own all of it. But uh, a name comes, and it's like, oh, you know, and, and in the one I use in the book, in the example, I thought I was drawing a teardrop, the shape of a teardrop, kind of, you know, with a skinny top and a, and a bulbous bottom. But as I dialogued with it, it was like, you know, you saw me as tear, but I am flame, which is a totally, you know, shifted the whole um, emphasis of, of what I was doing. And, and that happens a lot where you think you're, you're doing something, um, you know, part of us thinks we're doing something. But as you let the image speak back to you, it will say something. I'm thinking, I'm thinking about little collages I do in my journal. I do a lot in a small little journal just because I can do them easily and, and quickly in a way. And I'll do a, a collage just with papers or images that I'm attracted to or interested with and then just leave it and then come back to it the next day. And, and when I'm doing it, it's just, you know, it's sort of just a wonderful process. I love it. But when I come back to do the writing part of it, it's often significant to me. It's something like about you need, you need to remember this, you know. So it's, it's like asking what do you want me to know. And information is always there. And that's the other thing. I mean, the very beginning of my book, I talk about listening. And I think so many of us have been shut down, not just, you know, parts of ourselves, but, but just our inner understandings have been shut down so much. And that little voice to listen, um, you know, I think that's the beginning, just to take the time and to respect what your, you, you know, your own internal responses are, to really respect those rather than, you know, criticize them or judge them and, and you know, just expel them because you don't like what you hear, but to actually listen and trust. And I think trust is a big thing in what you're talking about, too. Um, trust that if you do this with the right intention, it will lead you where you need to go. Um, you know, whether it's healing or it's, it's paying more attention to some aspect that you've ignored. Um, I just feel like trusting the process is so important. Yeah, I think I, totally, I completely agree with you. I, <clears throat> um, I, w I have a couple of things to say to, to what you were saying. Um, the, first of all, going back to the tear that's that's a flame, the teardrop that's a flame. What really struck me with that is something that, um, you know, and I think it links to what everything else you were just saying in a way because it's it's kind of like, you know, sometimes um, it's scary to um, look at parts of yourself and, and, and go on that journey of healing, you know, and especially, you know, like when you look at the, 
you know, like I know like a long time ago, I was afraid to to feel and cry because I knew that, you know, if I kept crying, I felt like it would never end. And Exactly, and so yes. It was scary, and um, but one of the biggest messages that I've that I've found, one of the biggest lessons that I've found, and a lot of people share this, and I think you do too, and that kind of acts as a metaphor, like your tear to the flame, is that, you know, inside, you know, that thing you're scared of or that that pain, you know, is your power, is yes. you know, is 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 the you know, like the and also the power to heal, you know, like the 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 potion or the um, the antidote is is in that illness or that pain. Like right. it's, it's in there if you if you go in there with with the you know you have to have the resources though. So you know I think you know um, a lot of people um, you know there's this misunderstanding that we just kind of you know flail about and just kind of you know try and you know like you know like the, oh that you have to have a particular treatment but it's really multimodal and it's unique to every human being but you know just always asking for support and looking for guidance and yeah. you know reading books like the art of play and looking at how other people do it and you know listening to your inner self it's like a collaboration of sorts yeah with the yeah um yeah, and I think I think that's really important because I think it is scary to, I mean, the reason we have, you know, uh, stuff things down often is because we needed to for survival and, you know, people that disassociate from something, it, it's so they can keep going on. But when it's time to put the self back together, and I think Jung talks a lot about this, is you have to, you have to look into those crevices, but you're right, you, you do, it's, it's, it's scary and it can be very um, dangerous if you don't have the supports and the guidance. I mean, it would be like someone that would go into a very dark place and not have the thread that you talked about to help bring them back out again. And with art therapy, I know um, therapists are very conscious of the fact that, you know, you, you, you uh, monitor the kinds of things you do, even the, the media you offer to a client, because some are more... Um, you know, are more they, like watercolor or, or water paint, something that's very fluid and, and sensual can be really regressive. And yeah. other things are more controlled. And so I don't, it's not to be taken lightly, even though in my book I'm offering it to people that don't think they can do art. But if you're yeah. doing art for therapy, I think you really do need some definitely guidance and support that's really important. Yeah, well, that's that's a really like to establish like this is this is wonderful because it um it really encourages people to to access their creativity and and go on that you know like glorious self-discovering journey of of of, of creative practice and and play and right. you know and I, I'm a big believer that you know that's something that we all are and and we all, we're all creative and and accessing that is is you know means that we're closer to being whole and and fulfilled because you know yeah um. and, and my experience in offering the play shops here at the end is usually the people that come are you know high functioning people with busy lives and they haven't done anything with art materials since preschool or early grades of school and they get so excited because it is bringing that early child that has imaginative 
you know, it's almost like that's their natural habitat to. And and I just started reading Nobody, and and I loved it because it ha- It's very much at the very beginning, anyway. The child's mind and the way the child, you know, it's it's very innocent. The play of a child, even though someone else could come in and and read other things into it. But um, but my experience with these people that I work with here is they just come alive, and to me. You know, that's the thing that I want to offer is, is people, even if they have nothing <laughs> that, they, that they think they need to do, it's adding another tool um, for them to use in their own spiritual awakening or their own living their lives with more awareness and with more joy because if we bring our imagination back again, and we use them all the time, obviously, but, but to actually allow us to play with them with art, it's... Um, it's just so enriching, enriching and enlivening. Is that's my experience, and that was my intention to share that for people that wouldn't necessarily think that's an option for them, you know. Well, as such, like I don't have children myself, but in, um, when I was in my twenties, I worked in early childhood and trained in early childhood, um, and worked with lots of um, little children from birth to eight years old, and. Um, it was just so much fun to play and share their view of the world and and I realised that that's, that's a place that um, is a real, you know, that comes naturally to me and that's that's really where I tapped into my inner yeah. child and sense of play. Um, but I love what you were also saying about how important it is to balance that um, childlike play um, with a real grounding in, you know, reality and um, not having that childlike magical thinking in the world, yeah. like, because that was a really important and that's that's been a really important part of my journey. And I realise, you know, and I think a lot of people relate to this who are, um, you know, survivors of child abuse um, um, in my experience um, that, you know, for me I needed to believe in magic because yeah. otherwise the world was too hard to be in and um, I needed that magical thinking and um, that magical thinking now has shifted to where I understand that I have to put in the work to achieve something and I don't expect anything unrealistic from anyone but I still have a deep sense of hope and um, faith that um, I can try to move mountains <laughs> and um and that's the <laughs> well it's, yeah. it's kind of it's kind of like ordinary magic when you do creative process when you your writing and your art making um has really very much of that um that aliveness and that it's right on the cusp of is this is this happening um you know it's like is this just in her imagination is this real but it's so it's so alive with i think i mean to me i kind of i kind of struggle with the idea that magic is something that we can't believe in because i think there's so many things that are magical just the fact that you know we're in this solar system. I mean, there's so many things that blow my mind, I guess. I, I, I guess I shouldn't call them magic. But to me, science, which, of course, is, is grounded and, and based in, you know, experimental reality and experiential reality, I feel like science just, you know, tells us all the time how incredibly miraculous and magical, you know, the physical world is. And so, I'm, you know, I'm still struggling with, with um, 
the magic thing, but I do know what you mean. You didn't. You don't want someone to escape into fantasy land um, where they're really disconnected from the nuts and bolts of living in a physical body in a physical world. Yeah, yeah, and that's so important. But it was a transition I had to make to to ground all of my healing as well. Was yeah. to really be present, and that's what I'm doing now. Is really. Because also, you know, making the transition from desperately surviving to truly living, um, uh-huh. there's so many fragmented parts of myself that I'm bringing back home, you know, and then they kind of coexist, you know, the fragmented and the whole. Um, but, yeah. you know, it's it's an important part. And, and that's what I was going to get to with um, your journals because for me, like, I, um, I talked about Moss Song as, you know, me mapping my my journey so it's a map you know at the end I, I talk about how I've got this map to go back to that's like a journal it's like a, a travel diary of my journey yep. and and it really grounds home for me and, and I can revisit it and, and go yes I've gone through this I've been to these places and I've I've collected these things and I've discovered these things and to remind myself it's like an artifact that reminds me of where I've been and and I wonder if your journals are like that for you yeah they definitely they definitely do reflect um, a journey for sure um, something that I just remembered I wanted to mention to you was I also very much found it interesting that you used your fingerprint you're, you know, which is definitely the mark of who I am, like, uh, you know, my individuality. It's like our, our thumbprint or your fingerprints and how you use those and the swirls and how that became, you know, part of the, at least I think it was towards the beginning in the book anyway, of, of the art that you did do and extrapolating and drawing those, you know, um, extending those worlds and those lines out larger I thought that was really interesting, and to me, it, it sort of parallels the foot thing. It's like, you know, your mark, and it's you, nobody else but you, but it's your connection, you know, you're, you're putting like a watermark on something. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of like, you know, that point between like myself and when I touch something else, like if you leave a fingerprint, it's, it's your yep. fingerprint, it's evidence of who you are, it's it's that surface of your skin between yourself and others and yourself and the world. And, yep. and it is your unique, you know, yeah. marker, your watermark. <laughs> but, um, well, I, yeah. I'm just noticing our time. I could talk for a lot longer with you. I'm just oh, so yes, enjoying this. And, ages, <laughs> but I think we might have to wrap it up. So um, yep. do you want to tell um, listeners again the name of your book and how they can find you? Okay, cool. Um, my books, my I've got two books out, and one is called Nobody, and um, the sequel is Moth Song, and they're both liminal autobiographies, and they're they're full of my journey of healing from child abuse, and um, and and so much more, I guess. And, yeah. And they're they're available uh, to purchase on like, any <laughs> of the regular. Yeah. 
Um, they're in the US, they're available, because I'm based in Australia. Um, in the US, they're available, I think, in all um, good bookstores and also through Rare Bird Books online. Um, they're doing a special deal at the moment of um, both of them you can get for a, a discount together if you get them together. Um, Great. And my website will be up soon, so it should be okay. up by... Yeah, in the next, by the end of, um, what month is it? September. By the end of September, it'll be up. <laughs> Good. Well, I wish you well with everything you're doing, and I look forward to your next book and to reading Nobody, and highly recommend Moss Song. Um, and I'm Joan Stanford, and my book, again, is The Art of Play, uh, Ignite Your Imagination to Unlock Insight, Healing, and Joy. And it, too, is available at um, all the regular outlets um, and independent bookstores as well. And it's just been a true pleasure talking to you all the way over there in Australia. But thank you so much, Teresa. Thank, thank you so much, Joan. It's been a pleasure talking with you and a pleasure reading your book. And I hope to meet you one day. <laughs>